at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Troy News is an absolute podcast. Welcome in. This is Corey Christen here with Julian Wiggum. What's our, going on? Our football extraordinaire, Julian Wiggum, former Syracuse defensive back. Syracuse, or big, big win in their season opener on Friday, 50-7 to over Central Connecticut State. A uh, little background on Central Connecticut State. They were in the FCS last year. They were in the Northeast Conference, 2-9 and nine football team last year. So, Julian... Uh, Syracuse, I don't want to call it an easy game to start the season, but it certainly was, uh, it served to be so. It's one of those games where they did what they were supposed to do. You know, they check, you play these FCS teams that you can check the box every time, you know, passing game, check, rushing game, check, defense, check, third down, check, red zone, check. You do all of that so that you know what you have. And then we saw in the, in these last, maybe it was the first Third to fourth drive, the Orange they started to take more shots and they got a little sloppier, but they were just trying to see what they could do. And that's the whole point of playing teams like this. It's always the first game of the season. You get the jitters out. Some players are starting for the first time. You have some players actually playing for the first time, whether right. they're coming off a red shirt or they're moving into a starting role. But Syracuse rolling right out of the gate, twenty-one nothing after the first quarter. Yeah, that's that's excellent. You know, I was really excited about the first drive. Um, you know, that third play, I think it was hitting Steve Ishmael on the fade and then going to the other side and hitting Custis on the left side. Um, that's just excellent football. You know, you, you set the tempo right away. You let them know, hey, we're here to play. You guys can't keep up with us. Shut it down right away. And Ishmael had himself quite a day over 100 yards. He's the senior. He's the leader of that receiving core. And really, I think even though you might we're going to get into this a little bit about the uh, Central Connecticut State matchup. Maybe it was a little watered down, perhaps, but. Regardless, Ishmael with a hundred yard performance. Now he's leading that receiving core. He's got to be the guy there. Yeah, he knows, and he knows his guy. That's the thing I love the most about Steve this year coming in. Uh, just talking to him, I would always walk back with him uh, after we do interviews and stuff uh, for the media, and I just talk to him like, so how you like just off the record stuff, like how you feeling, like what are you thinking this year? And he's always super excited. I want to get to a bowl game. I feel comfortable. My body feels good. Um, he knows he's a guy. I've never seen him so comfortable. Usually, there's always something he's stressing about, like oh, I want to get this right. Oh, I want to get that right. I got to learn this. He knows what he's doing this year, and Dungeons even said he's comfortable in the system this year, and he knows he's a guy. You can tell he's a Dino Babers player, right? Oh, absolutely. He, he echoes some of those mantras that Coach Babers does. Yes. He's just an excellent receiver, though. Coach Babers has a history as a receiver's coach, mm -hmm. so he's it helps Steve improve and helped him come along, and Steve has always had that ability. You know, all, I think back all the way to 2013 when he was beating uh, first-round corners on the left and right of Florida State. He's always had the talent. It's just a matter of the mental side, and I think he has it now. Now, Eric Dungy, again, had himself quite a day, 28-36, 328 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Coming out, again, Central Connecticut State, FCS opponent, middle of the pack in, in that regard in their league, and they come up here. I mean, the Central Connecticut State's defense, they, they've allowed quite a lot of points over the last couple seasons. Right. But regardless, for Dungy's sake, 
How important do you think, Julian, this this start is for him? Because I think for his confidence, this was a huge game for him. Yeah, I think this was he just broke the record for most 300-yard games or tied it with Nassib uh, with seven. I think that's great. It's excellent to see that he started to become efficient and just consistent. I didn't think at first, oh, 300 yards against an FCS opponent, eh, that doesn't mean anything. But to see it happening over the course of time, is something definitely positive to see from him. Uh, hopefully it continues in the season. You better not throw a pick against Central Connecticut State. No. <laughs> but excellent game by him. Uh, I love the deep ball seemed to be there. Kind of seemed a little off at times, but it was there. Custis and Steve were making plays. Uh, big body receivers on the outside. He was hitting Ravian Pierce in the red zone, which was good to see. I think he's a great athlete. You know, excellent day by him, honestly. You know, I want to see him run less. I think we all do. Uh, yeah, I think we do. Uh, but, you know, great day by him. Uh, even seeing Cole Pepper a little bit. That was nice to see. Yeah, Cole Pepper did get some playing time. You know, you mentioned Dungy and he's he's starting to surpass Nassib in some records. These guys are somewhat different as far as their play style is concerned. And you know what, Coach Babers, he's done a real good job with Dungy now in his third season. You know what? Uh, I bet you Ryan Nassib is still a better quarterback. Uh, it's only because... Uh, quarterback is in a throwing quarterback? Or as, as, as in a total package? As in a quarterback. As in total position. I don't know okay. if, if Dungy's there. Yeah, I think, uh, is, he a, is he a product of the system? I'm not sure. The The records are, that's for sure. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not going to make the case and say that Syracuse is all of a sudden getting all these records broken, that now we have a great quarterback. We've had Don McPherson in the past. We've had Don McNabb. And we've had Ryan Nassib. They're all quarterbacks that was just in a system that didn't throw the ball the way Babers does. So an offense like this, I'm not going to give Dungy – all of the credit, you yeah. know, I think he's a great player, great athlete, superb quarterback, but let's not crown him as the greatest thing to ever come to Syracuse football either. Now I want to get into this rushing attack a little bit because even though Syracuse put points on the board and we know that Coach Babers is going to pass quite a bit, leading rusher for Syracuse was Dungy with his 51 yards, two touchdowns. Pierre had 46 yards, Strickland had 38 yards and a touchdown. The fact that Nobody ran for, let's say for the sake of conversation, 50 yards. Dungy had 52, but around that ballpark, what does that say about maybe this offense? Maybe it was a matchup scenario. That's a bit of an area of concern for me. What do you think, Julian? There is no way that the 3-9 FCS program has a formidable run defense exactly. against the program like Syracuse. That's just unacceptable. And that's what I'm saying. Like They come out to these games to check the box. And Syracuse didn't do that as far as running the ball this week. I was hoping to see them dominate in every phase of the game. Uh, we got you know, caught up in the flashy passing and all that, but the run game wasn't there. Uh, Coach Babers talked about Dante Strickland improving so much this year, but unfortunately we didn't see it. And I think that was a part mostly because of the offensive line. We got two, two freshmen on the offensive line this year uh, still trying to work their way in. I've lived with three other linemen in my time in Syracuse and Kyle Knapp, Seamus Shanley, and Amari Palmer. And those guys, they all talk about how important it is for the offensive line to have a unity and be secure and knowing that the guy next to them has their back in certain calls. And I don't think the offensive line has that yet. And I think when they do, it'll open up for the Orange. I mean, they use the pass to open up the run. So I'm hoping that Dante Strickland, Mo Neal, uh, those guys can start to get their yards per carry up to at least four yards per carry because otherwise it's going to be a long season and Syracuse will be one-dimensional once again and be pouring the red zone. And they can't be. That's that's the bottom line, especially in this conference in the ACC when you have two very big powerhouse schools that you're going to see in about a month's time starting uh, with Clemson in a few weeks. I look at this rush attack, and when I look at numbers and when I look at the drive charts and such, it really was, like you said, the yards per carry was not favorable at all. It was not good. 
I believe Dungey was the only one that had anything over three and a half yards. Yeah. Uh, you you got to establish that run game, especially against a weak team like this in Central Connecticut State. Yeah, and then Coach Baber said all that came out with the emphasis on stopping the run. Yeah, so? <laughs> so? Well, they Central, did that. They're in Central Connecticut State. They did that. That cannot uh, happen against Syracuse. You have no. to have a running game. And I'm disappointed because – Central Connects, they're not Division One athletes. They're not guys that had a bunch of offers coming out. That tells me they weren't physically all that much coming out. You should dominate these guys up front. That's where you're going to win games. Dominate up front. And I need to see that from this offensive line. They're not doing that. They're not giving Strickland very many options. I mean, the running game at Syracuse isn't very complex. They've just got a fullback that's capable. They're still running the option, um, the read option, draw plays, just kind of opening up. But it's just never there. And that tells – it's not the scheme in 2015 with Coach Babers and the year before that, 2014, uh, both of his running backs were averaging over five yards a Yep. Doing what they were supposed to do. So it's not the scheme. I need this offensive line and Dante Strickland to pick up. I don't think it's the scheme either. And I think we're seeing this shift from Coach Babers. We know he likes to throw the ball now. We know he did like to run the ball. He's, he's testing himself as a coach, I believe, to what he actually has on the field. You mentioned a young offensive line. You have an experienced quarterback now with a couple of experienced receivers led by Ishmael. I think what Coach Babers is doing here is he's changing his style towards what he has on the field, which is a good thing in some regards. But also, like we're talking about here, it's not a good sign when you're rushing for less than three yards per carry against a middle-of-the-run FCS opponent. Right. I, you know, the thing is, you know that they can run the ball. I've seen Dante Strickland take off against Virginia Tech in that upset win. Um, I've seen Mo Neal take off on his first play for 50-some-odd yards. You know, they have burst in them. They have the ability to do it. And I just you just got to see it from them. And you just want to see that offensive line and finally impose themselves. And until they do that, it's going to be hard for them to win in the ACC. I think the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line controlled that game for Syracuse up front. Of course, the forced fumble, fumble recovery, yep. that, that alone right there, that shows that they were they came ready to play. Central Connecticut State's offense was stifled, as you can see, throughout the, the whole game, seven points allowed throughout the game. I mean, this front seven, I feel like, is what won it for Syracuse, aside from Dungy's great play at quarterback. This front seven really controlled the game. They definitely did. You know, I was looking at the defensive line from the first play, and I love the get off from all mm -hmm. four up front. Uh, Kate Samuels had the surprising start. Um, I thought he had a pretty good game. Defensive line, just in general, excellent get off. They set the tempo as far as you guys can't run on, on us. Like, they were too fast for the offensive line, too, too much acceleration off the ball. Sideline to sideline, there was nothing for Central Connecticut State as far as getting on the perimeter. This linebacker core did a great job. I really like what I saw from uh, Kylan Whitner, too, and in, in place of uh, JT. Yeah. He started uh, Jonathan Thomas. Good to see he had, uh, he had a great game. Uh, Kylan Whitner, he's basically another safety when he's in the game. You yep. know, uh, I was happy he broke up a, a slant route um, against a slot receiver. And that's what you're going to need against the ACC opponents that we're going to face this year in the Miami and the Clemson and Florida State. You're going to have to have athletic outside linebackers who can make those plays. So good to see that um, when JT comes back, uh, we'll see what he can do. But I was excited to see the depth and that Kylan Whitter can make plays at the linebacker position. That's tough to bring in essentially a new linebacking core. You keep Franklin in there, obviously, and he's mm -hmm. now the leader the de facto leader of that defense for now. I feel like he's the key cog that's going to drive this defense the rest of the season. This schedule gets so tough, yeah. especially in the weeks five, six, seven. When you come out of that pit game, you got to go to NC State. That's not an easy game. 
then you come right around and you got Florida State and you got Miami eventually on the road. You have a tough schedule ahead of you, especially in this conference. Yeah, and what I'm worried about is the loss of Antoine Cordy. That injury, he's in a boot, on crutches. Usually when that happens, he's going to be gone for a while. You don't do all that for a, a bad angle. Nope. You know, and and Coach Babers was saying last night, uh, we're not sure exactly what happens. Yet. It doesn't take you very long to diagnose a very simple injury either. If it's a sprained ankle or, you know, a bruised shin or something, you know right away. Yep. So it's I think it's something deeper than that. I think he's going to be out for a little while, hopefully not much longer than two to three weeks, really praying for the guy. Without Antoine Cordy back there, I don't think this defense has many playmakers right now. That was my next point was Antoine and his absence. Who's got to step up now for Syracuse in that defense? I'm interested to see what Jordan Martin can do. He subbed in um, in a couple of packages and then ended up, you know, kind of solidifying the free safety or boundary safety position in Syracuse's defense. I got to see what he can do. He moved to safety about midway through camp. Uh, Big body guy. He was athletic enough to play corner. So I want to see if he can make some plays. You know, you don't transfer after you, after you start at one place. You don't transfer to a, another school to sit the bench. No, you can't. You don't do that. So I want to see what he can do, and hopefully he can make some plays. I'm going to need Davon Ellison to step up. He's a hard hitter. You know, he's made a couple plays. Rodney Williams didn't see very much from him last night. You know, he led the Orange. I mean, wasn't very much, but he led the Orange in interceptions with two last season, so he can make plays on the ball. I've always, you know, been on the Rodney Williams height train. I think he's a great player, uh, excellent leader, leader of the Blue Tails. So, this Blue Tails group is going to need somebody. I don't know who it'll be. Going to need somebody to step up and be that guy who can force fumbles, create interceptions. And because of the injury, Sean Riley at, at punt returner is going to need to do something. He didn't have an excellent game. He's going to need to do something as well. I thought Antoine Cordy back there on special teams was going to be a big burst for the Orange this year, you know, losing Brisley at Steam last year. So uh, it's just a lot of holes you're losing when you put have a guy like that who makes plays for you. And losing him like that is going to be hard. Special teams didn't need to be a factor in this game, in all fairness, but there's going to be a couple games down the road here, especially close ones. Once you get into Pitt and NC State and your conference rivals, special teams is going to come up huge. And like you said, and I, and I agree, Riley's got to step up a little bit. I'm curious about how Coach Babers is going to respond to this injury. I think what's going to happen is a lot of rotation at yeah. that safety position. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of trial and hopefully not much error. And especially when you do have a team like, we're going to get into this a little later, but Middle Tennessee State, who you are uh, a little on the fence about this game, and I want to talk to you about that. you got to get this figured out pretty quickly because yes. you, ha you have a quick turnaround. In, in a few weeks, you're going down to Baton Rouge to play the play the Tigers at LSU. That's what I'm saying. You know, this rotation, that trial and error that you just mentioned, we saw a lot of that last year, yep. especially the air. <laughs> that, that's a problem. I'm hopeful because they had a year in this cover two, Tampa two system that they understand what they're doing. They know what they're doing now. You know, we still have Juwan Dowles out there rotating in. We have the help from grad transfers, Jordan Mark and Devin Butler. So there's reinforcements there, and they seem to know what they're doing this year. From what I've talked to them, they all are comfortable, excited about the year against Middle Tennessee State coming up. That's going to be a big test for them yep. because Middle Tennessee State can throw the ball. They've got an NFL quarterback back there. They're definitely going to be tested. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up, and we'll get to know right away who will step up in, in place of Antoine Quarter. Now, one of the last things I want to get to regarding this game, again, Central Connecticut State, FCS opponent, with that said, I know from your perspective as a former player, a win's a win. You got to go out, you got to win your schedule, you got to beat the teams that are in front of you. Yep. 
But on a grand scheme, with the stuff that we're talking about, Julian, I feel like this could be watered down a bit. With some of the injuries that we've talked about and with some of the scheme issues with the secondary, maybe some trial and error now through injury, special teams, you know, they had, a by our standards, a mediocre game. We can agree on that. But does that water down this victory at all? And I know from a player's perspective, you may say no, because you got to win the game that's there. you got to prepare like every opponent is your, your best opponent. <laughs> it's... I'm part okay. I'm on the fence because I've got the player side of me. I remember what it was like to be in a locker room in Whoopal, Rhode Island. Yeah. And then the guys in the seat I'm in right now criticizing everything we just did. And I'm thinking, we just won a game. Mm -hmm. We just did what we were supposed to do. We went out and got the win. We did it how we had to do it. As long as we're winning, that's fine. So that's the player side. Is the win. A win's a win's a win. Doesn't yeah. matter how we get it. We did it. And Some fans agree with that, too, by the way. Absolutely. And I just commented earlier today on Twitter, like, what's your favorite part about the win? I'm like, the win. Yeah, <laughs> like, we won. we won the game. Won and know. That's the key thing. Exactly. And that's it. And that's all people, like, when we look back on the season, we're not going to be looking back thinking, oh, they didn't run the ball that well that game. They're going to say, oh, they won. Cool. And they keep it pushing. You know, so I, I don't think it's watered down because the most important part was the win. But when you're looking ahead into the future, there are issues to address. And it begins with that offensive line. It begins on special teams. And it begins with this rushing attack. So there are certain things to address. And that's where I can kind of flip and sit in my seat right now and say, you know, moving ahead, there definitely are things to to yeah. be addressed. And it's not watered down, but you certainly see what you have. And I think that's the point of this, these kind of games. This was a litmus test for this team. It was a very good way for Coach Babers, and especially with a familiar coach on that staff in Middle Tennessee State next week. It's a good way for Coach Babers to figure out what he needs to address, maybe more so than others in practice this week, maybe who he needs to address more so than others as far as individual players are concerned, especially now with, with injuries already starting up on this team. Somebody's got to step up, and I think that you go out and win your schedule, yes. There's two sides of that coin like you're talking about. Yeah. Two sides to each coin. When it comes down to it, this team is, has a far way to go, and especially if you're going to contend in the ACC if you want to contend, and that's beating defending national champion Clemson. Yeah. That's beating perennial great team Florida State. I mean, yeah. that, that program is top-notch, so – you have two national powerhouses in your conference. If you're not ready to go by then, then you're just going to fall. Exactly. And it's going to, and the best part about this, and that's why I'm excited about the win, is that it's easier to make adjustments after a win than it is a loss. Because you, you see, you can come in with a better attitude about things. And you're also looking back and you can build on what you did well as well. So I'm really excited to see what adjustments Coach Babers made. He seems to be a really smart guy. Uh, every time I talk to him, we have a great time. Uh, he's probably going to like me less and less as the season goes on. I keep talking about him. <laughs> but I'm really excited to see what this team can do. You know, they got the win, which is all I care about. Yep. And, you know, as they, you know, make adjustments going forward, we'll see what they have. And that was the whole point of this game. That's the point of next game, Middle Tennessee State. You get to see what this secondary has. You know, this week we got to see what the front seven has next we get to see what the secondary has and going forward as we get into lsu this team will know who it is by then and that'll be that right at that beginning for that four to six games in the second season that coach babers always lose to where his teams kind of click we'll see if they do in fact have that click against lsu now a, po a couple positives a couple more positives rather to draw from this game syracuse defense held central connecticut state to only 113 yards in the air 
That's so excellent. That, that's very excellent in that regard. And especially now that you have, like we said, injuries coming in, you're going to have players rotating. That's a positive to take away from it. Also, that rush defense only net 54 yards on the ground. So, again, you're facing a middle-of-the-pack FCS team. This is a game you should go out and win 50-7, to seven, and they did. Right. But at the same time, you have to take into account some small things to take forward into next week. We would like to install a little segment for Player of the Week on this podcast. We're going to try to do that. I think Offensive Player of the Week, If I think you and I might agree on this. Eric Dungey, he had an absolute Easily. monster game for us. Easily. Yeah, and he just killed it. I mean, you know, the game plan clearly on offense was we're better than you, ball. It might not have been Coach Baber's offense, but it was clearly Dungey's and the receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came out just – and that's what you do. You come in and you just take shots. You know, you tell the corner you're not good enough to cover me. Um, they were supposed to on offensive line just bully people and tell them you're not able to get around me. Um, but Dungey and his receivers definitely stepped up and said, you guys cannot compete with us. He hit – he was 12 for 12, I think it was, on his first two drives. That's, that sounds inc- right. that's incredible for me. Like, that just tells me he was sharp, ready to go. He knew the game plan. Uh, his receivers were on point. And it just looked easy. Too, didn't it? I think so. It just at looked the beginning easy. It did. At the beginning, it did. Absolutely. And then, of course, as we progressed throughout the game, so yeah, Connecticut it, State started to adjust, and then Cole Pepper got his his chance down there. Yeah, so. I, I'm not too worried about Cole. He's you know young redshirt freshman quarterback still trying to you know he's got nerves and all that contribute into that. But in regards to Dungey though, he just seemed like everything was flowing. He knew where the ball was supposed to go. Uh, Irv Phillips looked great. Uh, they all every catch seemed to be with two defenders. Four yards away. Like, the next close defender was four yards away, and it was just like, whoa, he's wide open. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, bad defense by some kind of state, but at the same time, I think it's, I think it was the way this offense is built, to get guys in space, quick passes, and just keep it rolling. So, you know, excellent job by Dungey, offensive player of the week. Definitely. As far as the defensive player is concerned, I'm looking at a few guys, and really, I, I think Syracuse's defensive play was a collective effort. Yeah. There, there wasn't one player, if you look at stat sheets, Really, one player didn't stand out. Josh Black had a tackle for loss. Of course, Kingsley had a sack there. We had a forced fumble by Valdez. There were a few players that really ran around it and made plays for the Q's defense. Honestly, I would have given it to the defensive line. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have said any one player because I don't think anyone stood out as far as, you know, as individual effort. But this defensive line, which because I've been on them. All summer, you know, even going back to last year doing my breakdowns, I was just really hard on this defensive line. But they came out and they were ready to play today. Um, I saw it a little bit early in the offseason in preseason camp. There was one particular play on the option where I just loved the way the fat guys are running. You know, and I've said it before, when you fat guys can run, you got a good chance. And I love watching fat kids running. They were running yesterday. They were running. And that's that's excellent. You want athletic defensive linemen, especially at your end positions, getting up the field and then Bursting out to get to that that screen player, bursting out to get to that flat. That's just great defense. And I was seeing that from Josh Black and and Caton Samuels and all, all those guys on the defensive line. They were all running ready to make plays. So if they can continue that, this defense is going to have a chance because your defensive line is the most important part of your defense when you run the Tampa 2 like Syracuse does. Yep. So you got to have a defense line that's ready to play, and they look ready to play yesterday. So MVP to all of them. Great job. Off to the right foot in that regard, definitely. There, there were plays made. It was a collective effort on defense. you got to give it to them there. So real quick, we're going to look ahead to next week now. Middle Tennessee State and Julian, a, a coach that you're familiar with, Coach yes. Schaefer, yes. was here at Syracuse, now is the 
defensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee State. You're on the fence about this one for the Orange next week. Let yeah. me hear your thoughts on it. You know what? It's only because Coach Schaefer has this way about him where he gets so fired up for a game. It's like the game plan wins on Tuesday. And hmm. then it, it, it's, it's because there was certain situations, especially in 2012 against Missouri, Coach predicted the win before we even played it. He came out and said, we're going to smash him. This is how we're going to do it. And we did it. Comes out, says, again, in 2013 against Louisville, this is how we're going to smash Teddy Bridgewater. And this time we went out and did it. And he comes back and he would tell me stories about how they smashed up on uh, West Virginia back in 2011 before I got there. I'm like, wow, this guy keeps saying how he's going to do it. So I'm nervous. I'm not there now, but I'm nervous. Is he telling his defense at Middle Tennessee State, this is how we're going to do it? I know this quarterback. I know what they can do. I know what they want to do. Yeah, That's worrisome to me. So I know the defense will be ready to play. I know he's going to be fired up. He has a little, little vengeance in him. He like, he's, yeah, it, it's, he's, a, it's he's, an emotional game for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited uh, just to kind of talk to him again. I know what kind of coach he is. I know he wants to get after Dungy. So I'm you know, worried because Dungy running the ball, that's what Coach Shaver wants. Yep. He wants Dungy to run the ball so he can put his shoulder in the dirt. And – Syracuse, everybody around the program is afraid of that because we don't know what's behind him right now. And he's the key to the program right now. So I, I'm i having some, oh, man, if they don't win, if they can't get out of this one, it's not looking good for the season because I think if they max out at 500 if they can win. But mm-hmm. if they can't get this one, I don't think a bowl game's in the future. This is the tough part because the points you're making about Syracuse's defensive line, I feel like they apply to Middle Tennessee State's defensive line next week. If those defensive ends can book around and contain Dungy to a degree, we know he likes to run. Mm -hmm. If he can keep Dungy in the pocket, then that forces players like Ishmael, that forces these running backs to get going. That's difficult. Can I give you the game plan real quick from uh, Middle Tennessee State on defense? go ahead. They're going to run a 3-3-5. It's going to keep Coach Shape calls it Oki. Oh, man, if he hears it, he's going to be pissed. But that (laughs) Oki defense, he's going to run it, and he's going to blitz Dungy from the outside, and he'll come from the inside, and he'll go back outside. He's just going to bring pressure from everywhere. And I'm not sure what this offensive line could do, so Dungy's going to be on the run. He's going to be moving around because Shape wants to do that with the blitz. He's an aggressive defensive coordinator. The thing about it that I like from Syracuse's offense is that they're a quick pass. Yeah. So they're going to get it out real quick, and they know the blitz going to come. And uh, I don't know what the time was on Dungy's throws yesterday. That would be a great stat, but I, I guarantee it was less than three seconds on most of his throws. Mm-hmm. Quick to the flat, quick to the uh, the stock route. Like, he's doing an excellent job getting the ball out of his hands. So that's going to be a nullifier, and I think that's how Syracuse wins the game next Saturday. But it's going to be a tough one. I know Coach Shave is going to get after Dungy, and I'm going to need this offensive line to be able to adjust. Ravian Pierce is a great blocker. Hats off to him. He showed a real grit out there. But, um, yeah, no, nah, I mean, this is going to be a good one, Coach Shave. You have back down. you have a hungry defensive coordinator mm-hmm. with a game plan, a proverbial game plan, before he even sets foot into the film room against a quarterback that likes to get out of the pocket. You have an inexperienced, per se, offensive line with Syracuse. That could be a dangerous mix. If Middle Tennessee State has a chance next weekend, that's got to be why. The counteraction to that is, well, Syracuse's defensive line played great this week. So who's to say they're not going to get pressure on Middle Tennessee State and force issues there? But that's going to be the key to the game for Middle Tennessee State next week. The key to the game for Syracuse is hoping that Dungey can get out of the pocket, hoping that his playmakers can make those plays. Because right. if you have Ishmael on the outside, and I'm using him as the prime example here because now he's the guy. He's got to be your number one, thick and thin. He's got to be your guy. So if he can't get going, then what do you do? What's, what's the alternative? You didn't run the ball well this week. And if your offensive line's struggling and a dungeon has to escape the pocket every other play, you're stuck. 
Yes. So that's got to be the key. If Syracuse wants to come win this game next week, it's got to be that offensive line stepping up. That off, It starts in the trenches, man. It's, it's an old football adage, and, you know, no matter how much an offense changes or what kind of scheme they're running, that's a basic principle in football. It starts at the offensive line. They have to be able to stop the blitz. They have to be able to stop the defensive line. And, you know, it's going to be on the outside as well. Got to be able to make plays on the outside. Final thoughts, Julian. Um, great win by the Orange. You know, a win's a win's a win. Very happy about it. Um, hopefully it can continue against Middle Tennessee State. My final thought is if you keep consistency – in that offense. Now you have some pieces shuffling around. Dungy is set. Your quarterback's set. He's comfortable now in this offense and the system. You have some moving parts, though. Running back has a few moving parts rotating yep. in and out. Yep. Wide receiver, Steve Ishmael, again, taking over as the number one. You have your offensive line that has to come forward together. I think in this next couple of weeks here, especially against um, you know Middle Tennessee State, then you got a MAC opponent in Central Michigan. You got to be ready because yep. if you're not ready, by the time you come out to Baton Rouge and you play Louisiana State, they're going to step on us. So yes. you got to come ready to play and and get ready to go. Strengths and weaknesses, got to learn them. All right. So for Julian Wiggum, I'm Corey Christen. Troy Noons is an absolute podcast. Syracuse Orange, big fifty to seven winner over Central Connecticut State in Week One at the Carrier Dome. We'll see you next time. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the. Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.